Good morning, everyone. My name's Leanne. I'm on the pastoral team here at Crossroads, and it's great to have some new faces today, so welcome. Um, I think also I heard that Ed and Eileen are celebrating their 35th wedding anniversary today. So anyone else have a big one this week like that? 35 years, that's older than me. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> um, well, well, I'm here this morning to reflect on the last couple of weeks. And if, just to remind you, two weeks ago, Tom wrapped up our sort of section of this uh, series about the devil, and he gave us a battle plan. And it, it was encaptured by the title Stand, and he talked about how we resist the devil, submit to God, he will flee. And it ended with a little big idea, a little big idea, that captured my attention. It was God's sovereignty and our agency. And he talked a lot that day about who God is and, and how loving he is, how compassionate he is. And it was coming off the week before, if you remember, where we sat in groups and said, sometimes I'm not good at this. I think God might get sick of me at how bad I am at this Christian thing. You know, we were all feeling a little bit the weight of um, getting it right. And then last week, he started the flesh as part of our three things, the devil, the flesh, and the world, and uh, talked about how we do a good job of deceiving ourselves sometimes, you know, and he ended with another um, thing to help us battle that moment in our lives, and that was to serve. So putting all those together and just continuing on some of the thoughts that the Holy Spirit prompted me when I jumped up here and grabbed the microphone <laughs> at the end of the service a couple of weeks ago, um, we have a lot of ways to understand who we are in society right now, right? Like I just took a spiritual gifts sort of survey test thing that I hadn't done for about 20 years, I think. You know, it's like answer all these questions at the end, they'll tell you um, your spiritual gifts. And like I'm kind of in tune, I think, with who, my spiritual gifts, but it was, it was interesting. So number one on mine was shepherding. That's pastoring. <laughs> number two, it was service, the gift of service. And the third one was the gift of exhortation, which is a fancy way of saying encouragement in the faith. And I was like, yeah, I, I, can that, I feel that, I can see that, it affirmed for me. Very close number four is administration, which um, when I was younger, that used to come pop up high. So obviously there's been a shift in some of that. Also in the last few months, I've learned about the Enneagram personality test. And I am a number one. Now, for those of you that know it, you're like, oh, number one. Those of you that don't are like, she's saying she's number one. I'm like, no, I'm not number one. I am type one, like one. And so I'm just going to read you a few of the things that they suggest uh, is in, are in my personality. A strong sense of right and wrong. A strong sense of wanting to be right, to strive higher and improve everything, to be consistent with my ideals, to justify myself, to be beyond criticism as not to be condemned by anyone. Now, you can see where that could go in an unhealthy place, right? Or in a healthy place. More unhealthy <laughs> sometimes can slip into being critical and perfectionistic, and even more unhealthy, just pure afraid of making a mistake. Then there's just the reality of me, which is my husband has a little car key box, you know, like this is where the car keys go. And I'm like, okay, good thought. Then when we go to look for the car keys when I have driven the car, where are they, Leanne? Well, they could be on top of the fridge because I was holding groceries. I really needed to pee. They could be near the sink in the bathroom. <laughs> I, they could be in my handbag. 
They could be on the floor in my bedroom. They could be, <laughs> it works with my phone, same with my phone, same with keys. And I want it to be that I put it in the car key box, car key box, you know, like I want to put the keys away in the right spot. He does it every time, but I'm just not good at some of that routine sometimes. So, you know, mix all those things I just shared with you. And for the longest time in my Christian walk, I had a really hard time with being worried about getting it right and about um, doing my quiet time, whatever that is, right. Praying right, um, serving right. Like, and I feel like that, whether you are a one or a nine, there's nine Enneagram types for those of you that don't know, whether you are, um, you know, a, have different spiritual gifts to me, whether you are good at car keys. Okay, hand up, who is good at car keys? Come on. Yeah, see, who is not? Who is frustrated at the other group? Yeah, okay, right? So, so depending on where you fall, but we all somehow as in our humanness find a common place in this thing of being like feeling like we're not getting this right and that we're, we're living under a weight. So today my, my big idea or my thought that I want to put in front of you is that um, maybe we could keep growing in approaching life with Jesus as an unforced rhythm of grace versus a checklist of self-effort. And we have been throwing a lot of things at you. We've been throwing spiritual practices every week. Tom has been giving you a tool or a tactic to help fight the devil, help fight the flesh. And it can start to feel like a very overwhelming checklist, right? That we're going to get a pass or fail or, a, um, I don't know, a grade on. So let's look at Matthew. I'm so thankful for my friend Gail. I was sitting with this verse, these verses this week for a long time and she reminded me on Friday about <coughs> this contemporary language version of it, which just summed up, it like brought all my thoughts together, so it was perfect. Okay, Matthew 11, 28 to 30 in the message version of <coughs> contemporary language version. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Come away with me. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me. Come away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound so much better than a checklist? I read about rhythm this week. There's a reason we feel so calm when we listen to the sounds of the ocean or tune into our own breath. It's a pattern an unmistakable rhythm that allows us to be still and know. Rhythm is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound, dictionary definition. But it's also, it brings, has the ability to bring order out of chaos. It can be a source of joy. It can help us experience contentment. It can act as an anchor. It can root us. It can ground us. It can bring um, certainty in times when there isn't certainty. It can bring trust when there isn't any trust. And there is just meaning that comes with repeating things. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about this rhythm of walking with Jesus where it is not like every day I need to get up and have a checklist and get it right, but I flow in and out of all these things that we talk about. We may not do all of them every day. We might not do them every week, but we have them intentionally built into our life so that we can, at the end of the day, be with God, working it out, resting. Don't you love that? It's like, keep company with me and you will live freely and lightly. 
rhythm fills our cups. Rhythm brings this connection between our time with God and our time with people. When we're out of rhythm, we are out of balance, out of kilter. Don't you love that word, kilter? It means not in the right condition. Like if we are out of kilter, we're not in the right condition that we should be in. And as Tom has been so clearly explaining to us, when we are out of rhythm with Jesus, we are vulnerable to sin, we're vulnerable to our flesh, and we're vulnerable to the devil and to the world. So how do we do this? It's all there in that verse. I don't know if we can go back to the part that was like, uh, walk with me, work with me, fix our eyes on Jesus. In the notes I put, I think I put fix your eyes. The actual verse is fix our eyes, which I think is much better, right? This sense of community of all looking to Jesus. He is the champion that initiates and perfects. He starts and he finishes our faith. He's the one that works it out. There is not a self help, self-effort checklist. It is working with Jesus. And he lived a life of, of rhythm. You know, he withdrew with God. He spent time with people. He spent time one-on-one with people. He spent time with crowds. He ate. He slept. You know, he, he, he had this rhythm of life. And that he's our perfect example for that. You know, the Bible is full of rhythms. Confession is one of the, the ones that I just love because it says his mercies are new every morning. God already knew the rhythm we needed. <laughs> he knew that it was needed to be, you know, regularly and daily. It talks about picking up our cross daily, going out, going to him, come to me. It's, this, it's, a, it's a whole uh, book of imagery of, of rhythms. So we have a, a rhythm here at Crossroads. Come on, you can do it. Starts with... Look, (laughs) look up, reach out, right? And I have a slide there somewhere, Tom, that has that with the... um, So on this side is our crossroads rhythm. Here are some of the tools and tips and things that... uh, Tips, biblical truths that that Tom has been giving us. You know, this this all goes together to make a rhythm of grace. It is not like check it off and and feel bad when we don't. It's like weave this in and out of our daily lives. Weave it in and out of our our schedules, our families. Um, The reason that I am so passionate about is this because I I had a huge transformation in this area with COVID. I know we don't want to talk about COVID anymore, but, you know, COVID broke rhythms for all of us, right? It really smashed apart. And for me, it smashed a lot of unhealthy rhythms, a lot of busyness, a lot of... um, stuff where my family was probably a higher priority than it needed to be sometimes. And out of that came me really examining the whole way that I lived, the whole way I served Jesus, the whole way I served my family. And um, I read a whole page this week, Matt and Ben, and that probably can do this better than me, about how you teach rhythm to kids, like in music. And it was all about breaking it down, simplifying it, because you might have to do a left hand and a right hand, or you might have to access a different part of the brain for them to read this note, or you need to expose them to a whole lot of different rhythms. And that is what we've been trying to do with the spiritual practices. Um, What we've been trying to encourage you guys to do is just pick one thing, simplify it. You know, like, maybe I don't know what to do with prayer. I used to be terrible at the prayer part where you sit and you pray, And I found during COVID that if I walked and prayed for you guys, like I used to pray through um, 
the, not used to, I still do, it's my new rhythm. I pray through the list of the attendance sheet, but I do it when I walk, like when I walk the streets, because for some reason I can stay focused and I can like think about what I'm praying as I'm walking as opposed to trying to sit still <laughs> and do it. I need the movement plus the prayer. You know, experiment, try different things. If like we gave you Dave's tool of scripture memorization. Just try it. You might be like, I've been terrible at this my whole life. But just, just try it, you know, because you have to give yourself grace and patience because that's what Jesus does with us. These are unforced rhythms. They, he invites us into them. He invites into the, us into them gently and lovingly. So one of the uh, things here on the list is service, which Tom mentioned last week. And I had lunch with Kathy, and I've asked her just quickly. She's just going to share from where she's sitting about service in her rhythm. And um, yeah, I think you can just talk. So go ahead. Uh, Matt's getting there. Yep, go. Okay. Um, she said... You know, Tom talked about service as a way of really fighting the flesh. And how did you do that in retirement? And I think that the, the idea of fighting flesh and the lies is true at any age. We have, to, we have to come up with ways to do it whatever stage we're in in life. And so the lie for retirement is you deserve a break. You've worked hard for 45, 50 years. Now you can just rest and do whatever you want, whatever you enjoy. And the flesh definitely agrees with that, like just take it easy and do whatever. So we decided to be intentional in planning what we would do in retirement. And as we prayed and talked, we landed on a verse, a group of verses in Isaiah 61, where he predicts what the Messiah would do. And there are all different activities that were part of Jesus's mission. And he repeats those um, one day in the synagogue many years later when Jesus reads from Isaiah 61 and he says, I have fulfilled those verses. So that's Jesus's mission. And if we're followers of him, we're to be on the same mission. We're to follow his example. And the things that are mentioned are preaching good news to the poor, binding up the brokenhearted, comforting those who mourn, just to mention a few. And so we tried to see how we could fit those into retirement. And we picked uh, preaching good news to the poor. How could we be good news to the poor? We go into a school in Bridgeport twice a week, and we tutor uh, in a grade, grade three classroom. And that's been great for us to be able to just fight uh, the flesh and the lies that tell us to sit home and do nothing. And the great thing about being in an opportunity to serve is that you realize the blessings that you have. And so instead of being I deserve more, you realize I have so much, I'm grateful, I've been blessed with so much. And that, that fights the flesh that thinks I should be able to sit around and do whatever I want. And then to just fight the lie of, you know, God just wants me to have a happy, comfortable day, we realize that from Ephesians, we were created to do good works. And so part of fighting that is just to every day recognize what, what good works can we do. And in God's economy, there, there's always a blessing when we're able to do that because we find at the end of the day, we feel a great satisfaction having been involved in kingdom work. And the verse that we are, you know, it's more blessed to give than receive often comes true. Service isn't always easy. There are some days that you're like, this really was st stinks. Um, 
but with, with a group of third graders, for the most part, it's wonderful because they're very appreciative and so is the teacher we worked with. But I think even when you don't get that appreciation, there is at the end of the day the sense of satisfaction that you've done what you were created to do. You've done created the works you were created for and God blesses you mm -hmm. and gives you that sense of fulfillment for that. Thanks, Kathy. One thing that when Kathy said that at the end of when we were sharing over lunch, um, about you know sometimes it's not fun like you know it doesn't have the bring the joy that you thought it would and I read a thing this week that said like water rhythm flows and bends around challenges and obstacles and I would actually say God's rhythm actually flows through them as well and that that is part of the beauty of rhythm right sometimes you may have a really dry time with God and then if you continue to go back it, it brings blessings and it fills you up or you go back to the third grade room and they just you know bring joy to your day even though they were a challenge last time it's this sense of not giving up not thinking I failed the checklist has just doomed me you know like I'm going to keep this rhythm keep coming back keep keep enjoying it and the other part was that you know when you are connected to your intention and your rhythm has an intention it doesn't become ritualism you know, it becomes ritual, it has meaning, it's significant. It doesn't just become this thing that you, you know, feel bound to. So, you know, I have tried different things. I do not journal. Sorry, Kerry. I, I've tried. I can't do it. You know, like you're not always going to find rhythms that are the same as the person. Next to you, you know, I mentioned about the, um, you know, praying. I also love having the Bible read to me in the car. I, it does, it, I am able to hear it so differently than when I try and sit and read it. You know, like hearing somebody else speak the truth into my ears helps my brain not go off in different places, you know, so I, I, I love that. And I hope that as you look at these lists, it doesn't become something that has a weight, that it becomes something that does bring joy, that does bring victory, that does bring us peace, as, as Ben prayed at the beginning. So the other reason that I asked Kathy to, to share today is because I read this quote this week by uh, Beth Moore, and it says, How in heaven's name are people trapped in defeat to have any hope of a different life if we're unwilling to tell them what we will like and how Jesus has changed us? The gospel defies one of the most pervasive beliefs in all humanity, that people never really change. Oh, yes, they do. I did. Many of you did. And somebody needs to know it to have hope to make it. So today I'm going to challenge you, just like Kathy shared, um, to think about some area of your life where Jesus has made a change, where you have had victory, where you are not saying, I failed the checklist, but you were like, you know what? I have this relationship with Jesus, and this is what has happened for me. Now, don't get overwhelmed. I'm going to give you a quick little framework, but I just want to share. I walk with a friend. She has come to a couple of services here. She knows what Crossroads is about, but we've walked for many, many years. Our girls are the same ages, so, you know, we share the best and the worst of us, and um, as I was going through the, a lot of these changes of thinking about this unforced rhythm of grace in my life over the last few years, I started to feel less and less anxious about finding ways to talk about Jesus with her while I walked, you know, because that was kind of like always a thing I felt like I should do. And um, I, I just became more okay with the fact that I'm in a relationship with her, I love her, like let's just go with that. 
And um, I went to a retreat early in May, and um, it was with a whole bunch of pastors uh, down in New York City. And she's like, what do a whole bunch of pastors do in New York City on a retreat? And I was like, well, we actually spent quite a bit of time about talking about church and why people don't come to church anymore and, and what's going on with people and what's going on with the church. You know, like there's she, we've talked about the sexual abuse stuff because she grew up Catholic. We've talked about, you know, the um, celebrity culture. We've talked about a few different things that may, might help or make people feel church isn't a place for them. And we're walking along and she just goes, Leanne, why can't Christians just be like you and love people? And I was like... Wow, <laughs> like, like for me, that wasn't about like me. It was about Jesus saying, you know, you, you're you you. It's okay. Like you you're doing it. You know, <laughs> like the weight was lifted because I'm like I'm walking with him in this unforced rhythm of grace that allows me to love people. So um, these are the this is the kind of stories. Anything that comes to your mind. But here is the framework that I'm going to give you to help you in case you're going. I don't have anything to share. And we do say here at Crossroads, you don't have to share if you don't want to, but it might help you to just jog, you know, have a thought that you might want to share in some small way. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Tom finished with these verses. I'm going to go a little bit further and give you the list is at the bottom of the, the sheet. So um, there's no questions for small group time today. It is just uh, finding maybe a story you can share. So Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after everything you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So here's story prompt number one. Is there a truth that you have taken hold of sometime that has turned a lie into a truth? And, and can you share about that in your life? With the breastplate of righteousness in place. We know our righteousness is not our own, it's Jesus's, but then he helps work with us on areas of our life through obedience, um, where our ways become his ways. Is there an area in your life that you have seen Jesus transform as you've been obedient to him? Then, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, good old peace shoes. If you have had a time in your life where you have seen that God gave you peace in a circumstance that you should not have had peace, can you share that as your story? In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Um, faith is the doorway to hope in God. And just like Beth Moore challenged us, like how do people without hope or without faith know if we don't just share? Like, so if you, you might just have a story that is basically, because I believe in Jesus, this is a victory that I have because I have faith. Then take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the God which is the word of God. So again, do you have a verse? Do you have a time where you have really felt your thoughts have been protected because you walked with Jesus, that you might be able to share the victory that you've had in that? And lastly, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, uh, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So is there a time where because 
you prayed, because someone prayed for you, because you committed it to prayer over a, over a time that you saw victory. So here's the, the, the key. Just in simple language, <laughs> in your experience, encourage one another. This is also our spirit, spiritual practice today. Give joy, bring joy to someone else by sharing like a moment that you knew Jesus showed up and you have seen victory or you've seen change. If it happens to match a rhythm that you also put in place, like Kathy's put, they intentionally put service in place, um, you know, that would be great too. If you want to add that as bonus material <laughs> to your story, um, that would be awesome. So I ask that you keep the groups that we're going to turn to each other just small, maybe four or five, so everyone has a chance to share. Um, the teenagers in the room, Tom's requested that you move back towards him so that he can have you guys as a group. Um, and yeah, we're basically going to have the next 20 minutes to do this. So I hope that I hope this isn't fear that I see. I hope this is like, I can't wait to hear some cool stories. Okay? <laughs> All right. So just turn your chairs where you are. Um, teenagers, go to the back of the room. And... Uh... Oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to... Wait, just before you move. Freeze. We're going to play freeze for a minute. Just because if the people online and if people are watching this back uh, later... Just You can write your own story or find someone to share with it, but I'm going to pray so that we can end their time and then we'll move, okay? Jesus, thank you that you walk with us, you work with us, you give us a life that is light and free, and that is because we can submit ourselves to your unformed rhythms of grace. And I just pray for our community now as we share and take joy in each other's stories that you will bless us and um, honour us in these, this moment. We pray these things in your name. Amen.